okay, so we all know how important it is to work out and be active, but the worst is ending up with sweaty hair and scalp. Ew. Sunday to Sunday has products for black active women to remove the buildup and odor that comes from sweating after a hard workout. These products have active botanical ingredients that improve the health of your scalp so you can sweat and slay. Also, it's black owned. What gets better than that? Get your own workout hair routine today with 15% off your first purchase. Visit mysundaytosunday.com and use code GROWN. Sunday to Sunday is also available online at Sephora and Ulta.com. Anyone can be ready for back to school, but with Staples Connect, you can be more than ready. Like, I got everything from my classroom and saved a ton ready. They've got more backpacks, more pens, and more supplies than you ever thought possible. So double not your British nights and gas up your Honda Accord and smear your war finger paint on your, fin- on your face. Staples has absolutely everything you need and more for the new school year. So let's do this. Just visit your nearest Staples store or go to staplesconnect.com for inspiration. What you doing? What you doing? Where you at? Where you at? Oh, you got plans. You got plans. Don't say that. Don't say that. I'm sipping wine in a row. I look too good. Look too good to be alone. Ooh, my house clean. House clean. Pool warm. Pool warm. Just shave smooth like a newborn. We should be dancing and romancing in the east wing. In the west wing of this mansion. What's happening? Take it away. Take it away. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm lost. Oh. I ain't playing no games. Like... Every word that oh. I say is coming straight from the heart. So if you're trying to lay in these arms, I'm going to leave the door open. I'm going to leave the door open. I'm going to leave the door open, girl. I'ma leave the door open. That you feel the way I feel it, baby. Tell me that you're coming through. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> That's a jam. All right. That's a jam, nigga. Praise the Lord, niggas. Praise the Lord, niggas. What's we back? What's going on? And we black. And we here to discuss the getting grown things. Oh, that I don't know where glitched. that song came from. I don't from. either, but I like it. It came from your spirit. Um, it was really, really random. Um, yes, but we're back. Talk about adulting, the ghettos of adulthood, the worst hood we've ever endeavored to live in. Yes. And uh, um, I am happy to be here, sis. How are you? I am so happy to be here. You know, I'm coming off of a, a, a wonderful, wonderful weekend, easing into Congratulations some... to you. Thank you so much, sister. Jaden XD, their very successful variety show. If you missed it, you missed it. It's on the YouTube, though. <laughs> so you can... And you should watch it. You missed the live event. Um, oh, but it was so funny. But we did. We filmed a variety show. We wrote it. We, well... You guys we, will be entertained. Thoroughly. And Kia would not lie to me because she loves I TV. I do. <laughs> so <laughs> she loves now, TV. Now, you know, I watched it like all right now. But no, y'all didn't disappoint. I had no doubt. 
I laughed. I mean, yes. several times. I mean, threw my head back. <laughs> you know, good. From the chest laugh. That makes me know? so happy. That means we did something right. Um, oh, for sure. We worked hard. So I'm really proud and I'm really grateful for all of the support from my friends and from all of you all as supporters. Like, you just... You just made a nigga feel real loved. You made niggas feel real loved. And so we're grateful for you coming out and supporting us. Thank you for the thumbs downs that we got on the YouTube too. <laughs> I love a good we thumbs, thumbs down, down on the YouTube. When I tell you it cracks, oh, yeah, yeah, it cracks yeah, me up. Yeah, I always yeah, look for, yeah. I think thumbs downs are the most passive aggressive things in the world. So I like to thumbs down text messages sometimes when I don't agree with them or things mm. like that. But anyway, thank you so much. How are you feeling? I'm doing okay. I've got, uh, you know, we're working. We're taking it one day at a time. Absolutely. Sweet Jesus. Absolutely. Well, yes. I, before we get into the trash, we have a couple church announcements, actually. Do we? We do, because, you know, we're right here in this good uh, middle ending of September. Mm-hmm. And... You know, come October, Getting Grown is going to have a Patreon. Oh, my word. (laughs) So you all will be able to find um, my, my, you know, my bad on my Patreon. I had to start getting things together for this Patreon. So... Jade of All J's Patreon will be no more. We will now be under the Getting Grown umbrella where you will be able to find team typing fast content, Jade of All J's yes. cooking content, as well as yes. other tutorials and 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 fun things. Bonus and grown bonus interviews and, and video so interviews of, of yes. those that you all have heard only audibly. So it's going to be a fantastic time and we're going to make sure that it's worth your Zolas and your cents um, and that it also mm-hmm. makes sense. Don't worry. We're not going to rob you uh, of anything. So look out for we're that. Ready. Come October, the Getting Grown Patreon is dropping. Launching. And we're excited. Hopefully you'll join our Patreon family um, and you can sit with us and we'll watch TV together. We'll chit chat. Yeah. We'll have good kitchen table talk. All the time. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. It's so much bonus content. If y'all need somebody to work with, Kia's is going to have some dope videos on there for you to work, work with, with her. Me. And like I said, we're doing more food. That's right. All my little team typing fast playlists will be there. So yes. you need your little working music playlist will live there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to, I'm going to host the, the, the live work with me sessions are going to be through there as well. Mm-hmm. We're excited. I'm doing and some BTS with culinary school. So mm-hmm, you all mm-hmm, will be able mm-hmm. to go to culinary school with me at certain points. All kinds of things. We're just, we'll I'm really excited. We're, we've been working on this for some time. So we're excited yes. to bring that to you all. But with all of that being said, we have an amazing kitchen table talk. Uh, But first, we have a little bit of trash that we should hit. So let's head that direction. Basura time. So we want to give our congratulations to Michaela Cole of I May Destroy You. Excuse me. I had a little bubble in my chest. Who is an Emmy winner. And when I tell you, nobody deserves it more 
I mean, she did that. She really did. I mean, did it. Like it hiccups. I mean, you, if you don't know anything about that story, I just, you know, we were reminded, you know, as we were celebrating her achievement this weekend about how she had that Netflix deal but turned it down mm-hmm. because she wouldn't have had, you know, access to her or copyright her mm-hmm. ownership of her content. Her intellectual property. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. And she waited and, you know, did things uh, in a way that was going to, you know, protect her and her her uh, property, like you said, and look at how it's paid mm. off. Look at how, um, you know, that's what this just teaches you to sometimes pause and really think things through to take your time and to not do anything that will compromise you and to listen to yourself, yes. right? Um, yes. We don't have to be so thirsty and take the first thing that's handed to us when we know that we deserve better. Um, knowing your worth yep. and knowing your value and demanding that Absolutely. in the marketplace is um, is such an amazing example. And I stand. And we are very proud of you here at Getting Grown McKayla. Fans. Congratulations, sis. Fans. I may destroy honey, you. was heavy, but she, phenomenal. And did she not wear that yellow, that chartreuse gown? Let me tell you something about you heifers in yellow. And when I say mm. you heifers, you beautiful brown-skinned queens because you had on that motherfucking yellow dress in that picture the other day and those sneakers. And I made the nasty face when I saw it. I was like, mm, I love a brown bitch in yellow. I really do. And that's not me. I'm not being colorist. I'm really like, I love a brown-skinned bitch in yellow. It just looks the fuck good. And so Kia, Michaela Cole, my whole ball-headed brown skin coalition, y'all motherfucking kill a yellow in all shades. I have to give it to you. Love to see it. Um, Congrats, Michaela. Congratulations, Michaela Cole. Speaking of the Emmys, did you see the tribute to Biz Marquis? I did not. Okay. I didn't know that there was one, but mm-hmm. was it? A tribute to Bismarcky at or the was Emmys. it an opening? Maybe it was just the opening and also a tribute because okay. he passed. Um, yes. and so several people, you know, rapped and sang different parts uh, of their, you know, lyrics that they wrote to the beat of, you know, "Oh baby, you yes, you got I can't what get I behind need. this tribute." <clears throat> um, so you know they they had uh, Tracy Ellis Ross and Anthony Mackey they were singing or Anthony what's his name Anderson. Anderson. And, um, you know, it was many people involved, but one that was such a surprise was um, Rita Wilson. Really? Tom Hanks' wife, mother of terrorist Chet Hanks. Chet Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she was a Bismarcky fan, yes? I think she's just a hip-hop fan, perhaps. Go Not on. sure. Well, this is why we know. This is why mm-hmm. Chet is yeah, crazy. This mm-hmm. is right. this is where that Chet Chet does he doesn't get it from nowhere, sister. <laughs> Big well, up you know, the okay. whole island. <laughs> uh uh-uh. I'm not doing it with Chet. But okay. Yes, that was so fascinating. Enjoy. I just wanted you to know that that happened because I found out that it happened. Um, I did see Debbie Allen's acceptance speech. She received the Governor's Award there. Did at the she? Emmys. Yes, honey, and wore a stunning. Has Debbie Allen red been on the right side number. of things? Has she been keeping that mouth shut? <gasps> I hope so. Well, yes. Okay. I think so. Good, because everybody else ain't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <It's> tragic. Um, <laughs> but yes. Anything else in the way of trash? Okay, so there's this story, right? 
um, about this young YouTube girl, Gabby Petito. Did you hear about that? I feel like I have heard. I saw the alerts on my phone mm. Mm. that she was missing. Okay. Um, and it's a sad story. Uh, I think they said that she's, they, they found a body and I feel like today it was confirmed, right? It was confirmed that it was homicide. They found it along oh. with the van. She was traveling cross country with her boyfriend. Um, and, you well, know, huh? well, he has now since disappeared. Um, and he went to his parents' house in Florida, showed up without her, disappeared and was possibly spotted but people don't know for sure so you know and it's so interesting that you say i think you know that you say that you got the alerts for that and that i even know this much Mm -hmm. because you know i don't ever know anything until it's time to look up trash Mm -hmm. but um you know sorry to be that guy but i don't see this much coverage with no black girls when they're missing I just don't. And while I am very, and let's be very clear, I'm not not a cruel human being. I am very sad for her family. This is a very tragic loss for her family. I don't wish anybody to experience this. But it, but it must be said because we've had all kinds of things happen to to black actors and actresses and YouTube people and all kinds of stuff. I want to say there was somebody in Las Vegas and it was two, two black YouTubers or actors or something and, and a mystery around how they passed. But we don't know any of that until we start deep diving and searching and digging. But mm. when a white girl goes missing, it's plastered across everything. And, you know, it's just, I don't even know what my point was, but, you know, I can't help it that that's when, (laughs) when that came up, my first thought was, wow, that's really sad. And then my second one immediately right after that was like, but damn, they really don't do all of this for no black girls. They really don't. They really don't. It's very sad that, I mean, you don't want any this to happen to anyone. Mm -mm. No. So again... You know, we're, we're very sad to hear that this tra- of this of this tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the system is going to system, and we know who the system is designed to serve and who it's not. Yes. So we'll leave it at that. Absolutely. And that's it. I want to wrap the trash up um, pretty quickly. So this wait, let me oh. ask you this. Oh, yeah, I please. saw this on Twitter earlier today, and I don't know if it's true, but allegedly. The Fujis are reuniting and going on a world tour. Oh. Supposed to kick off sometime in December. Oh. And I mean, you know. Huh. Says, ready or not, here they come. Now, I hope that this actually is the truth. But as I said on Twitter, I believe it when I see it, child. Well, Praz, Praz probably needs to go to work. You know, when I was working at the grill, Praz used to show up all, all the time to, to the bar and come sit at the bar with his hoodie on his head and act like he didn't want nobody to recognize him. And I just kept, I was like, sir, you are the spare tire Fuji. You have got to stop we'll coming that. up in here. Ain't nobody running you down. You done come in this place once a Leave week for years. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just let him eat his food. In peace. He did eat his food in peace. He was he Nobody was the one acting him. like he was, <laughs> he was very peaceful. He was more than peaceful. He was not bitch. bothered. He was he was coughing peaceful. He was unbothered. Not a soul was. 
and I probably Lord wouldn't God. even clown this much if he was a little bit nicer. Well, he wasn't mean, but he wasn't, you know, one of the nicest. But congratulations to them because, you know, we love us some Lauren. Um, and I, I'm not sure what where Wyclef is um, or where he's crooning right at this second. But, you know, we love to see black people. Is he still not? I thought he was like running for a president of Haiti or something. I, I, thought, so, I thought he was doing some sort of uh, Haiti politics, but maybe Haitian politics. Maybe I was mistaken as well. Hmm. Okay, well, but that's I'm exciting. For a light trash week, and I also well, then I have to give a shameless shout out and plug to my homegirl DJ Reborn, who is Lauren Hill's um, tour DJ actually, and she oh. is phenomenal, Brooklyn based, um, and just incredible. So make sure you all check out DJ Reborn. I just had to throw that out there since you know we bringing up Lauren and Fujis and things. Go ahead. Okay. But we have so we're so our shout out is actually our kitchen table. So yep. we're actually just gonna head right on over there. I am very excited. We have some phenomenal guests, all them and we are really excited for you all to be a part. So yes, so stay tuned to the shout out that's coming in the form of the kitchen. Table. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was... Have a good time. But indeed. HBCUs are more. More than a band, more than a football team, more than Greek life, more than education. Historically, black colleges and universities are a place to become. A legacy with a heritage of more than 180 years of producing some of the nation's top scholars, politicians, athletes, entertainers, and individuals... Xfinity understands and celebrates all of this with a collection of TV shows, movies, documentaries, and music that captures the Black college experience. Just say HBCU into your Xfinity voice remote. Learn about the sacrifices students made during the Civil Rights Movement. Be inspired by biographies on educators who went above and beyond. Kick back to the sounds of the bands or sounds of the yard with an HBCU playlist. And best of all, it's all included with your Xfinity service. From the yard to the end zone, the classroom to the frat house, Xfinity has the HBCU experience covered. Xfinity, it's the ultimate in black storytelling. Restrictions apply, not available in all areas, requires Xfinity TV and on-demand. Separate charges apply to on-demand and certain streaming services. We're all looking for the same things in life, beloveds. Honey, history books that actually report the truth. A new Rihanna album because she's playing in our faces as much as we love her. And skincare products that offer clinically proven hydration and leave your skin with a healthy, non-greasy, youthful glowing finish. I certainly can't help you with the first two. But Neutrogena, a dermatologist recommended brand, has the skincare goals covered with their Hydro Boost Facial Care line. Honey, the line's Hydro Boost Gel Cream and the Night Press Serum are both clinically proven to strengthen the skin's moisture barrier and lock in hydration for 48 hours. You'll get intense hydration thanks to both products' hyaluronic acid, which has an ability to bind to water and literally hold it within the skin surface. Neutrogena's Hydro Boost Gel Cream, baby, is gel and a cream in one, is made with glycerin that penetrates the skin nine surface layers deep for longer lasting hydration. And Neutrogena's Night Press Serum will revitalize your skin overnight, letting you wake up to skin that's three times more hydrated. Made with purified hyaluronic acid and supercharged antioxidants, 
It's a pillow proof formula that won't ruin your good sheets and blanket honey because it melts into your skin instantly. Both the gel cream and the night press serum are oil free, dye free, and non commodogenic. So, you know, around here on Getting Grown, we don't play with ash, honey. We keep ourselves moisturized on the inside and the outside because our blacks will absolutely crack if it's dry. What I love about the Neutrogena Gel Cream and the Night Press Serum is that both of them leave my skin so juicy and plump and moist, honey. I'm telling you, I put it on at night, wake up in the morning, it's as if I just put it on. And and I mean, my skin is so good. Like I can literally walk out the door, but I mean, you got to wash your face to get in the morning. But listen, you know what I'm saying? It's good stuff. You won't be sorry. The Neutrogena Hydro Boost line, it can be purchased at every major retailer. And you can start your hydration journey today at Neutrogena.com slash Hydro Boost. That's N-E-U-T-R-O-G-E-N-A.com slash Hydro Boost. All right. We're at the kitchen table and I'm really excited because we have some very special guests. I'm really, I'm really pumped. But um, so let's welcome to the kitchen table the authors of upcoming book, uh, Cronk AF, uh, Brittany Cooper, Chanel Craft Tanner, and Susanna Morris. Everybody say hey girl. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the kitchen table. We're excited to got to have you here um, and excited to learn about all the cool things that you guys are doing. So just for the good of the order, um, would you mind introducing yourselves um, and just kind of, well, we'll go, we'll go from there, but just start with the introduction, who you are, what do you do, and maybe do something fun like, um, like uh, what's the last thing you bought on the Amazon? So who wants to go first? Mm, Brittany, you're <laughs> laughing, so I'll stop. <laughs> Dang, why I get called out? <laughs> um, I'm uh, Brittany Cooper, uh, known in the streets as Professor Crunk. Um, yes. I teach at Rutgers. I'm a writer. Uh, I talk shit on TV. You know, that's what I do. And I ride to feminism and smashing the patriarchy. Uh, and I just bought some boring shit on uh, Amazon. Uh, well, it looks boring, but it's kind of nerdy. So I bought a couple of books about critique and a book called Critique and Praxis, I think. But I'm, I'm working on a new book and I'm trying to figure some things out. So, Of course. It sounds, it sounds boring, but it's going to be all right when I get it's done. It's going to be cool. It. What's the last thing you listened to? Uh, I just finished. I listened to... Uh, Khaled featuring Lil Baby's Every Chance That I Get. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> Is this a book? Did you buy the book, like, in handbook, or are you a, a e-reader girl? Um, I bought this one on Kindle because I needed it, but many books have arrived here today, including the new edition of James Baldwin's The Price of the Ticket. Yes. In hardcover form. It just got reissued, and I'm super oh, hyped yes. about that. Oh, so. Yes. I placed my order earlier this week. Yeah, I'm going to hey. do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> right now. Okay. Okay, so um, the last thing I bought on Amazon was a big booty bike seat for my Peloton. <laughs> <laughs> so. Thank you. Because I'm like, Brittany going to have me looking wild on, no, with my Amazon fine. list. So I fine. appreciate you saying what you bought, it helps. Why y'all trying, no trying to talk shit? I'm just trying, <laughs> I'm just trying, I'm try, I'm trying right. to be scholarly and shit. We here to no. talk about a book. Okay, We are right. here to talk about books. We can be scholarly and... I'm never here to and, talk about books. I'm, I'm, just, I know, I'm, just, I'm just giving Chanel a hard time because she's trying to get me I don't want to say my lit. I don't want to 
Come on, so Chanel, tell us what you welcome. got, and then I, I, I promise you, I, I'm somewhere you being, in that vicinity. Why you being shy in front of these people? You ain't shy. No, I'm not. I just <laughs> didn't want to reveal my Amazon list. Okay, okay, I'll go next. So I am Chanel Craft Tanner. I direct the Center for Women at Emory. Um, And the last thing I bought on Amazon, I just looked. Um, It's really not that bad, but I bought, um, like, I'm trying to be a plant mom, but I keep killing my plants. So I bought, like, a little kit to try to do that. I'm always trying to do something. And I bought, like a sandwich cutter thing for the kids. <laughs> like I'm making, I'm making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and I just really don't oh, like cutting the crust for them. So I like bought one of those things that like you smash it into. I feel really lazy saying that, <laughs> but that's what I bought. So that's my, you know, plant stuff. I have some cool stuff in the cart though. Like I have these like earring kits. For this event I'm planning. Um, Love it. So, but that's the not cart is where it's at. The cart, the cart is where it's at. But I just put a bunch that's of stuff right. in the cart and then save it for later and then come back to the cart. So, but anyway, that that's what I bought. Your turn, Susanna. <laughs> Damn, <everybody laughs> I wanted it to okay. be something cool, but I knew this wasn't. I know. The I week. wanted somebody to buy a vibrator off Amazon. But oh, yeah. well, no. My, I mean, <laughs> I, really I mean, did. look, we can. I mean, look at Susanna. I've had occasion to buy <laughs> one. Uh, out of CVS in a very listen because uh, I just found out they had them in CVS. They, yeah, uh-huh. I, I, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. they have them at CVS. I mean, not, I mean, I don't. I mean, sometimes they feel like they may burn your stuff off, so I don't know that it's like <laughs> the best quality. But in a in a pinch, then okay. In a pinch, no, we got too many. We got the echo. We yeah. got the echo and Thanks. stuff. My kids be done saw that. Like I can't. <laughs> Yeah. I can't. I, I don't like I have a, to buy from. I, yeah, I have to go to, have to, go to a pure <laughs> romance party or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, sneak it in my bag. I can't just be on Amazon all can't willy be on nilly. Amazon. Because Alexa okay, will tell your business. <laughs> Alexa okay. will tell your business. She will tell your business. Your package is on the porch. She's like, girl, girl, <laughs> be quiet. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, Susanna. No worries. Hey, y'all. I'm Susanna. (laughs) I teach at Georgia Tech. And, um, yeah, part of the Crunk Feminist Collective. Uh, And the last thing I ordered from Amazon is completely unsexy, although you definitely can get the vibrator on there. And, you know, if you want just screen packaging, people will just think you're ordering whatever. But the, (laughs) the last thing that I ordered was I have an elderly cat, and so she will only eat certain kinds of food and so she's really obsessed with frisky's little grillers turkey oh. flavor so that's what oh. miss lola may who's 16 years old lola will lola. eat okay. so i had to order some for my old lady who's ornery that's what she wants to eat and if you try to pour it lola out she, she'll she'll she's getting into the bowl and everything so i was like well let me make sure that's on deck i also go to the pet store i have a whole routine with her because it's these little packets so she got me out here doing all kinds yeah, no, of the, stuff. The wet food is minimal. It's so small. It's so small. I'm like, what's what's really the truth? But that's what was in. Oh, yes. Jade is a cat mom. I am. Where's Trill at? She's right here. She's yeah. in her pillow right next to me as I record. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> she doesn't vary too far. Well, I, I'm boring. The last things I ordered on Amazon were uh, some pe- some packable cubes in order for me to organize okay. things in my closet. Practical. And uh, some new shower curtain rings. Wow. 
water. Because they don't last as long as they used to, huh? No, and I've also, just gone back to plastic. I've gone back to clear. And they're really hard to get up. Like, I, I find are. that I'm like, I just get those ones that hook on. Because yes, because trying to, like, get into the circle thing, you'll Look, break I a nail, down, a finger. I pulled down many a shower curtain bar. <laughs> and not because I was like that girl was that was trying to strip or whatever while hanging Mimi. on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> just about to ask, what's going on in the Mimi family? from Love & Hip Hop. Mimi Fouts. <laughs> bye, man. Brittany telling all her business. Y'all said bye, <laughs> man. Brittany said. Now look here. Hey, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. But also, also, let's see what with the people. I'm a big old girl, and the only thing that has happened is that I held on to the shower bar so I was to get out. I okay. 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 out on okay. the floor. There wink, was no leverage. stripping. Wink, there was Just no need. stripping. <laughs> Just to need a little leverage, right? <laughs> exactly, but it, it didn't what? work out because it's to get out. <laughs> to get I'm out like, the show. I'm like, okay, we can, I mean, for Suzanne, what? Susanna like, is telling a lot of her business. I mean, exactly. And, and don't, be, don't sleep on that one because she's trying to put it on me, oh, but uh, that's not, this is the one that's on. a hot girl, not me. Right. I'm, I'm very chaste. Susanna, what's the last thing you listen to? The last thing I listened to, I've been listening to the latest episode of The Read. That's what I was listening to. Okay. Yes. Okay. Oh, so every Tuesday, I'm like, What's going yeah. on? It's so that's what I was it just time. To. It just time. Make well, sure. I have to say, I ain't never been in the house with this many doctors, this many oh. black doctors, this many black women doctors. This is fucking incredible. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I snuck in Kia suitcase and went to the Ash oh, Conference. Girl. And I'm ready <laughs> to, which I'm going to do. So if you all smell weed, it's me. Uh, and Not I'm really you. excited to get into this very smart conversation because... Y'all are some ratchet ass doctors, yeah, and I, I really like that. Like to see it. I appreciate <laughs> that actually. Correct. I prefer ratchet, but that's fine. Ratchet ass doctors. Absolutely. Also, my my hometown is the place where "Let's Get Ratchet," the song from circa '04, was created. Shreveport, Louisiana. I mean, like really? it's indigenous okay. to okay. my being. Okay, I'm sorry. So you an authority Brittany, on Have all I met you rache. before? I don't know. Have we met? I don't. <laughs> I don't know because you look so wildly familiar. It's kind of oh. blowing me. You probably saw her on the TV reading the whites because that's what she <laughs> was reading. Well, the I white. love that. I watch every, all, all of that footage. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I don't I know, mean, you know. And I'm I not trying like to nigga you few, either. I, I feel like I, I have a few doppelgangers out here, so it could it could be the case. But I don't know. know. I don't know. But okay. All right. Let's chat. Let's talk. I'm excited. So listen, we're here because we're here to talk about a brand new book that's coming out. Um, but before we get there, I want to learn a little bit more about how you all came together. So I know the Crunk Feminist Collective has been a thing since like 2010, right? Absolutely. And you all are the founders of yes. that. So can we tell the people a little bit, for those of y'all who've been living underneath a rock and don't know, hello. Um, <laughs> right. We want y'all hello. to just, you know, just indoctrinate the folks um, a little bit about what the Crunk Feminist Collective is about. How was it born and how did we get here? Well, before 2010, uh, when Brittany and I were grad students at Emory, we were just part of a crew, a crew of friends uh, during the crunk music era. And so Mm -hmm. we kind of at first jokingly were like, yeah, you know, we're feminists, but we also get crunk, meaning we were at the club, we were on the dance floor, you know, getting down and all that, but also getting crunk on people in class who were being racist, sexist, homophobic, et cetera. And so we put those terms together and said we were crunk feminists, but it became a real thing. Like we were really a crew and collective of folks who 
looked out for one another. And then fast forward to 2010, Brittany and I were both professors in the state of Alabama. I taught at Auburn and she taught at Alabama. And we were just looking for feminist community. And it was the era of feminist blogging. And so we were like, yo, we don't have a whole lot of resources. And blogs are free, WordPress or whatever you want to use. <laughs> and we hit up lots of dope-ass feminists that we know, like Chanel and other members. And that's how the blog was formed. And these days, you know, we're writing books like Feminist AF. Uh, we yes. also have a book called The Crunk Feminist Collection that came out in 2017. And we have... Um, a newsletter called The Remix that y'all can read at theremix.substack.com. So we're out here just put, putting out work. So y'all can add to that. But that's the basic origin story of this crew. I love to hear it. Yeah. Well, let's okay. kick it to Brittany because she said Brit, you all met back in when you were snapping your fingers and doing your step. Absolutely. <laughs> we were out here west side walking at the club and, you know, in our white tees. Yeah. Um, Come on. Down to nightgowns. I mean, right, right. <laughs> nightgowns. Um, nightgowns. It was really, it was really a good era. But, you know, we really just came together, you know, as Susanna said, to have build feminist community. The other reason that we came together is because we're working class girls, all mm-hmm. of us. Like, and we didn't want you know, people think when you have a PhD that that means you can't talk to nobody. You think you're better mm-hmm. than everybody. Mm-hmm. But right. we come from families where we are often the first to do any Legit. number of things, graduate Absolutely. college, get graduate degrees. And we wanted to always be able to have a conversation with our people about the stuff that mattered. And we wanted to write things that if our grannies or our mamas or our aunties read or our homegirls back home read, that they would see themselves in it. Um, and also, and also to sort of suggest to people that you can have smart conversations with regular folk and you ain't got to talk down to nobody. Mm -hmm. Um, and because the Academy also tries to tell us that the people that we want to talk to don't matter. And that all that we're ever supposed to be doing is trying to prove ourselves to white people that we're smart. And it's like, well, we know we smart. Uh, and a lot of y'all ain't smart. So (laughs) we're going to actually just talk to the people that have good sense and it's not always (laughs) y'all. And so, you know, a blog allowed us to do that and it has allowed us to do that in more ways than we ever could have imagined. For sure. And I love that creating community is just so much a part of our DNA as black mm-hmm. women. That's and that mean. community like really, it, sus- it sustains us. Um, yeah. so when you're talking, it makes me think like, you know, as I remember, we create these little communities to learn how to do this from each other because like you said, we are the first of our families to do many things. And so coming up in this way um, together is like a, such a such a bond. So even though I don't haven't haven't known you all personally, coming up as a young grad student and reading the blog and now reading your books, like it feels like we are all old friends. <laughs> so yeah. I'm appreciative of um of these spaces. It's even like getting grown similarly. Like we create spaces where we can sit around and teach each other the things that we may not have otherwise been able to come to know. Absolutely. Um, Coming from two different standpoints. For sure. As Kia being of you all's collective. (laughs) (laughs) And me being a bitch with a GED. But you know what I'm saying? You know, we come together and we're all black women. And I think that's the beautiful foundation of being able to have these conversations. And Brittany, I figured out where the fuck I know you from. Oh my God. Oh no. 
You was on in our mother's gardens, where isn't you? Oh, yeah. Oh. I figured it was you know, like, because you know sometimes I'll be in these streets. Like, what? She might you not be right. No, I'm a clutch. I'm a I love it. Yeah, our girl, my girl Chantrell Lewis did that film, and she did a masterful she job. She did with an it. amazing masterful. job. I, when yeah. I tell you, mamas with the jewelry, all my homegirls was hit me. They was like, "Look at you." In like 30 years, bitch. And I was like, yeah, that's me. That's and, you right now. But I'm obsessed and I just... I appreciate that. And also, you know, y'all um, were so loving to Eloquent Rage. I heard that episode. Yeah. And mostly because a lot of my people hit me up like, did you, have you heard? And you know, like some of my folks that definitely are not academics really listen and love y'all. And so that's how I got put on. And so... I'm so thankful for your work and it's definitely having reach. Like my homegirls from back in the day was like, hey, <laughs> like we heard you. And they also was like, so you like might be a little bit important. I was like, bitch, you, uh, okay. <laughs> bitch, I've been important. First of all, since before any of this shit. <laughs> I mean, I took, I look, I took it. If when black girls say that you are, speaking their language and talking to them and talking about their concerns, that's always a better marker of whether you actually doing your work than any For of sure. the other accolades you can get. You know, yeah, sure. so I appreciate y'all. Absolutely. I, I, but we about to go to you. Should, I, I promise we about to come. I watched that brother. I watched that documentary. And let me tell I called my grandma. I was like, yo, somebody's got to come over and set you up a Netflix. I'm gonna, I ordered, I made her a whole Netflix account. I was like, you got to watch this. Um, I watched it like four times. It is. Mm. That's why I was like, I, I wasn't nigga. I wasn't being a nigga with you. I wasn't. I, know I, you from. <laughs> I was like, oh lord. It oh, had lord. to come together. Okay, all right. Yeah. Please proceed. I am so sorry. <laughs> you were not interrupting. I had a little fan out for a minute. I did. <laughs> oh, I think now's the time. Now's the time we can, because you know I was telling Jay earlier. Um, when we were prepping for the show, I was like, I can't wait. I'm going to ask Chanel to share her dissertation topic because I'm going to watch Jay light up like a Christmas tree. Okay, Please. I'm ready. Wait, let Please. me get my blood. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, I do not remember the title. Okay, Beyond, beyond the Bars, um, I looked at uh, constructions of a prison state in hip-hop. So basically i listened to a bunch of hip-hop from 94 which was a really important year that's like the crime bill i didn't realize that at the time i was just like mm -hmm. picking out songs that i like but i was looking at how people who were really experiencing the brunt of incarceration the brunt of a surveillance state were speaking back to that and seeing it as a form of resistance and so i was you know looking at how folks in the hood see the hood as another space of confinement um, but also, which was so beautiful about like one time I was presenting this at a conference and a girl was from the hood. She was like, but it's not all confinement. Like we had fun too. It was beautiful right. too. So I also was able to, you know, I heard that critique and went back and was like, yeah, it's also a space of freedom too. So what are these moments where, you know, folks are trying to get free? So both articulating how it feels to be confined in your own home and, you know, looking at Jay-Z lyrics, like, you know, I want to get out of here. I'm from the dirt, like all of that, but also looking at spaces where we are seeing some places where folks are trying to get free. And I use like the coldest winter ever, which I, that was my, I was so in love with that book. Like, Wait a minute, I just did a whole book Toni Morrison, And I'm like, see right here, was this, this, when Winter said this, you know, so it was really a wonderful dissertation to write once I got into the meat of it. Cause I got to watch Boys in the Hood and, 
Um, mm-hmm. What's the one? Deuces here. Uh, South Central. Like I'm watching mm-hmm. movies like that and really just translating really is what I felt like I was doing. Just translating hip hop um, for academics because it was just I so much value this. there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there was, you know, there was, there was a working title at one point. I don't know if it if it was became the official title, but the first part was like "Police Stay on Us Like Tattoos" or okay, something. Okay, yes, yes, that was that okay. was, because it was from the Little Kim line, and you know that ended up being a chapter <laughs> title, I believe. Um, but that was before when before I got called out for not recognizing the joy, the the after school centers, the community gardens, the women mm-hmm. in the hood that were trying mm-hmm. to make it a beautiful place, the hand games that girls played. Like mm-hmm. so, I was seeing it you know, a little too dark. And so it was just really beautiful to have a sister remind me of like, nah, but we had block parties. Like, don't don't forget that part. And so, oh, yeah. so the title oh, yeah. had to change because it was beyond just police staying on us like tattoos. We were resistant to I love that though. And I love that that you took that, that critique and oh, were yeah. able to, to highlight that black joy because the hood is my favorite place. Everywhere <laughs> I go, except for Gary, Indiana, that can burn forever. <laughs> But I have strong beef with Indiana. Uh, But anyway, I say all that to say I think that's beautiful. And I think it's beautiful when you can take criticism like that. Oh, yeah. And reroute. I think that's a a beautiful. Let me read it and stop acting funny about it. I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to send it to you. But when it's coming from a place of love, then what what else can you do? And that's what I think, you know, the other part about the Crunk Feminist Collective is that, like, not only is it about holding up this everyday form of feminism, but it's normalizing collectivity because that's how we've always done things. And so if you're not just, you know, one of those people at the conferences that's like, well, what about that time Bonnie and Clyde were in the fort? It was like, you know, I'm not talking about that Bonnie and Clyde. (laughs) You know good and well, I'm talking about Jay-Z and Beyonce. Like, why are you doing that? You know, but if it's- friends with PhDs. (laughs) if If it's from a genuine place where it's like, I see you sister, I see what you're trying to do, but let me call you in. And I think we're always, open I appreciate it because we can't do it without community and collectivity makes everything just better it's harder and it's slower but it's better and it's stronger so absolutely I'm very excited okay I have one more question before Kia gets into the meat and the potatoes of this important conversation (laughs) what is everybody's signs I'm a Taurus hey earth gang gang okay Brittany wait what are you Jay what are you Virgo Oh, I love Virgos and Capricorns, yes. I'm like super drawn to Tauruses, super. Okay, Brittany, your turn. I am a Sag Sun, Libra Moon, Aquarius rising. Ooh, I knew you were a Sag. I had a feeling, <laughs> I had a feeling you were a Sag. He is a Sag. Okay, Susanna, your what turn. Sag gang, Sagittarius. Damn. Okay, so we got some it's Earth, rising. we got some Earth Aquarius. and Fire up in here, and then Brittany's bringing the, yeah. the wind with the air. That's right. Yeah. yeah, Susanna's an Aquarius moon. So we have a whole, oh. you know, fire. So Susanna's Sag, Aquarius Sag, and I'm Sag, okay. Libra, Aquarius. And I say that because, see, everybody thinks that Susanna's the nice oh, one boy. and I'm the mean one. But Susanna will fight you, right? I want to take you down with arguments <laughs> and Susanna will just pop and then you out. Like, it's... <laughs> people okay, be missing this. It's important. I don't know. I mean... <laughs> That's it. She's like, you can catch these hands. That's all I'm. I mean, my Libra be my Libra be fucking up my gangster very often. It's like (laughs) be friends and be together. (laughs) And I and I literally sometimes be like, where the hell did you come from? (laughs) Oh my god, it gets on my nerves so much. I need that Aquarius all up and through. Who do we need to fight? You know, but. 
Susanna, you on my type of time. <laughs> okay, Kia, Brittany get into it. I'm done with my fluff. No, Brittany and I are the peer mediators, and you guys will deal. Thank you. Correct. Um, Okay, so before, okay, so one of the things I wanted to sort of start with was, you know, in Eloquent Rage, Brittany, you share sort of like kind of your evolution, how, how your uh, definition of feminism has evolved. And um, I remember the quote from one of the early chapters when you, when you're in your young years, when you said that feminism was some white women shit. And for many of us, we were introduced to feminism very much through that, you know, no bra wearing white woman lens. And so can you talk a little bit about um, just how you've come to celebrate your own feminism or feminism as it relates to black women and why that's important for us to talk about? Yeah, I mean, what I'll say is that when I thought it was white woman shit, I really hadn't read anything, um, <laughs> real talk. And, you know, we should say that more because sometimes we just be out here raggedy, not having done our work, but wanting to have positions right. on things. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I went to grad school and I had these really dope black women professors and they were like, it ain't never just been race. Our struggle has always also been about gender. And because I was able to see some sisters that I could sort of model from, what really happened was that when I heard them talking, I was like, they talking the kind of sense that makes sense to me, right? Um, and they helped me to realize that my whole, part of the reason I had missed the patriarchy is op the way I operated in my life is because, you know, all the women in my family ran shit. My mama raised me, my mm -hmm. her sisters, my grandmother. Um, but then I realized that they raised me because the dudes, the men in my life, my father being one of them, weren't helpful and were often harmful. And I had just let, you know, I had just put that to the side. And so when I got a language for how patriarchy and male dominance had actually shaped so much of the, the struggles that my family had faced, it just felt like a really important part of the story. Mm -hmm. And and then it wasn't hard to say, right, why don't I think that black women are central to a project of black liberation? Because my whole praxis is black women. I have homegirls. I've always had deep friendships. Black women are my safe place. Um, and that's really in the end what black feminism means to me, that black women are my safe place. And from that, I get to do the political organizing and visioning that I want to do for the world. Um, and my classes made more sense to that. But also, like, when I was in grad school, I met feminists like Susanna. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I was, like, around all these really smart sisters. And I was like, well, what they on? Because I'm trying to be, right. I'm trying to be on that, you know? And I and I watched the way that they lived it out and owned it. Um, and it, it made it easier for me to evolve. And I am very much a person who often wants, you know, wants to see models for the things that I can become. And maybe that's that thing about growing up in a place and having to be a trailblazer and not always having models for some of the things I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of, and a lot of times those models were my homegirls, you know, mm -hmm. and I always secretly like admire them. And I'm like, well, they got that thing figured out. Let me get like them. Um, and so that was how I sort of, you know, entered the journey. I love it. And I feel like a lot of, well, I'll speak for myself. I entered the journey later on in life and would have loved to been introduced to it a lot sooner. And so what I think is dope about the new book is that this is, you know, targeted for younger audiences. So Susanna, Chanel, can you speak to a little bit, can you speak to why it's so important for us to, to start this conversation earlier with our girls? Mm -hmm. 
I know you have a good answer, Chanel. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, I'll go first. I'll go first. I mean, I also didn't find feminism until I was 18. I had never heard the word, so it wasn't that it was a negative connotation. I just never heard it until I took a women's studies class. And once I did, it just completely opened up. I, I think I was ripe for it. I think that there were things that happened that once I had the language, it was like, oh, I can see why I like this ideology. Um, but I just think that, you know, Generation Z is, is asking for it. They already mm-hmm. are there. They're saying, I'm a feminist. My, when my daughter was six, she came to me and said, I'm a feminist. Um, wow. And I didn't, so for me at 18, not knowing the word to have a six-year-old who's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a feminist. And it's like, okay, so y'all have this language, but do y'all know what the, what the day-to-day is like? How do we live our feminism out loud? And so they can identify that. They can read all the books that say it. They can watch Beyonce and Taylor Swift and a lot of their favorite, favorite celebrities declare it and understand what it means on a political level. But do they know how it can structure their friendships, how it can help them with their dating life, how, you know, to navigate their family relationships in the ways that feminism can be not only helpful, you know, to helping you navigate girlhood, but helping you crush that shit. Like, we don't want you to grow up and be like, I got through it. No, feminism can help you have a better girlhood. Um, and so I think that they they want it. They're ready for it. And we're at a place where we're, we have something to say to them, you know, from a loving place, meeting them where they are and just helping them, you know, in this journey. They're, they already are amazing. This is a really incredible generation. But like all generations, they need help. They need guidance. And we're just here for that. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would add, too, so is, is that oh. this book is for girls. You know, it's for gender non-binary youth and gender expansive youth. But it's also for their parents, it's for the aunties, Mm -hmm. it's for the uncles, the gunkles, whoever. It's for the village. And so, you know, 40-something-year-old Susanna, (laughs) even though I helped write the book, I'm getting something out of it. Like, just looking through, like, dang, we wrote, yeah, that's true. I wish I I had that in 1994. You know what I mean? Like, it's helpful to me in 2021, but, okay, I really could have used this information on feminist friendships in the 90s as a teenager, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, when my nibblings or when, you know, a young person in my life or maybe one of my students comes up to me because I'm child-free, right? I'm not a parent, but I'm a part of many villages. I know I can use this as a resource. So that's also part of the vision for this book. So it's for young people to read cover to cover or to pull out a chapter when they need it, but it's also for adults who may need it for their own healing journey, right? But also as... Mm-hmm you know, your young ones are like, so I got a boo and I'm trying to see what's up with them and how do I navigate that? And we want them to be out here having feminist relationships, you know? One of the things we say about, you know, we talk about gender and gender presentation and sexuality and we're like, you can like whoever you like, whoever they are, whatever their gender is, whatever your gender is, don't be raggedy and don't let them be raggedy. That is a guiding principle of feminist right. Right? Don't be out here being raggedy. Right. Mm-hmm. So I love it. Oh, this is this is such a good. Co- so I want I have a question for you all. What were your first examples, even if you didn't have the language? Because as you were talking, especially you, Chanel, I was thinking about my mother and a lot of the principles and things that she taught me growing up. Uh, you know, you don't never tell no nigga how much money you got. You make sure you put some <laughs> aside for yourself. You don't ever fully rely on no nigga. You be able to, to, to go on and do whatever you need to do without them. Mind you, my parents have been married now for 37 years. 
<laughs> but she was very adamant about making sure that my sister and I um, were capable of taking care of ourselves emotionally, financially, and so many things in between. And I didn't have the language of of being a feminist either. I don't even know if I've ever even called myself a feminist until maybe this very minute. But <laughs> I, I, I'm dead ass. But not because I don't believe in it. I just it wasn't the language that we that we use coming up. So what were you all's like first examples that you can think of 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 feminist figures in your life? Little Kim. So yeah, yes. I was she is a, in your life. <laughs> I was eleven when that hardcore album came up, and my mother was like maybe a little hippie-ish. Like she kind of just was like, "Yeah, if you want it, I don't know why she let me get this album." <laughs> but I was a huge hip hop head before that, and so I would be on the stoop with the boys. Like you were cool if you knew the lyrics, the song. So I was uh, like, pen, paper, stop, rewind. <laughs> like you know, I. But, you know, rap and debate, who's the best rapper? And I would be stuck when the conversation would get to sex. They're like, yo, my shit's so big. And I'm like, yeah, my hole's so big. And they're like, it's all You know, because we 11, nobody really knows. <laughs> so I had no, like, oh, okay, well, I can't use that one. So <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. So little Kim comes on the scene, though, and she's like, saying the same stuff they saying, you know, saying that she wants sex and she wants it in this way. And it felt like, and she's also from Brooklyn and she would kind of, you know, drive her. So there was also that, but like, you know, just that kind of, now I pro- it's more of an equality kind of feminism. Mm-hmm. Like girls can do whatever boys can do. Mm-hmm. But as a girl, that was an introduction to me of like, yeah, boys can do what girls can do. And you can demand what you want when you, when you're ready to have sex, like these are things that I think we, you know, would now call sex positivity that mm-hmm. a lot of adults were tis- tisking us uh, mm-hmm. for listening to the music, but she, it was her for me. It, it was really like when I really learned more about it, she, she was my icon. And so, yeah, it was, it was a little Kim. I love that. <laughs> okay. Brittany, your turn. Oh, wow. Um, um you, you know, know, one of the things is, I mean, my mama's a savage, like, real talk. I mean, she will fight people. She, my mama just, she does not play. And just was never here for being held down and, and, and was always like, I mean, part of it was that my dad really was a was a challenging figure. That's what I'm going to say. And, you know, she just was like, you're not going to stop me. And, and so, like, one of my best examples, my mom was in a, a couple of different abusive relationships when I was a kid. And she left every time. And that's important because abusive relationships are dangerous and they're really dangerous for women to leave. And my mom was like, I love myself enough to leave this. And then I'm going to do the work to love myself enough to try to get out of this. And while now I have a structural analysis about how the dudes need to change more than the women, mm-hmm. the, the way that we live it out is about saying, like, I have value and my value is not tied to no Negro and what he doing or not doing. Uh, but my other uh, favorite one, I mean, my grandmother... I talk about this in Eloquent Rage, like, said to me one time, oh, I would never get married again because no man is going to tell me what groceries I can get at the grocery store. And, when, you know, and I was like, not groceries at the grocery store. It made me think, like, oh, my granddaddy was kind of a tyrant. Um, and she also told me, uh, don't ever, she was like, she. I rolled up on the porch one day and she was like, it's time for you to start having sex. And I was like, what? 
Oh, uh, uh, right. Yeah, and yeah. she was like, but don't you do it if they won't wear no combos. And I was like, combos? I remember that. I was like, not combos. But my grandmother had a hearing impairment, and so she often mispronounced things. Okay. Uh, and I, and I, originally, I figured out that she meant condoms. Um, but she was like, yeah, she was like, she was like, you know, because she said when I was young, I wanted birth control and we couldn't get the stuff. So you do it. But you don't do it unless they will. And if they won't do it, then you don't do it. And I was like, well, thanks for this sex ed talk. I mean, I'm 22, but I'll take it. <laughs> so, so, yeah, um, those were my ladies. You know, and, and what I appreciate was they had this fierce sense without access to college education. My grandmother didn't get to finish high school that their ability to determine their lives and their destiny was in their hands. And they seemed really clear about the way that men who didn't do their work were a limit for that. And they seemed to model that every day. Don't let these Negroes keep you from your goals, who you supposed to be. You, you show up and you shine no matter what. Um, And, you know, I appreciate that. I love that. Okay, Susanna. So my story is kind of similar to yours, Jade. Um, my mother is definitely like, make sure you have your own bank account that nobody knows about. Make sure you have something hidden in whatever place you need to hide in and all of that. And so I tell the story, it's in the book, and they, they did a little illustration because when my mom got married back in the day, she was like, I'm going to wear a pantsuit because I can wear that again, and I'm not going to change my last name, and I'm going to go home and live by myself. Oh, wait, she went home. Oh, wait a minute. I wasn't prepared for that part. Separate home. Plot twist. Separate. Plot She's like, all right, again, I'll see you in the morning for eggs. Oh. <laughs> Maybe. 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 Call you tomorrow. Call you tomorrow. Wow. Queen. So she was like, marriage is for the birth. Like, marriage is a terrible idea. You should just have children. Okay. If you want. So, but she never used, my mother does not use the term feminist. Like, you know, I'm like, oh, we wrote this book, Feminist Day Up. She's like, that's nice. That's not a term that she uses, right? She's unimpressed. But she is a feminist. Like, she moves through the world in feminist ways. And it's really, I mean, I think similar to like, you know, there's this lived experience that everyday black women, my mother does not have a PhD or, or anything like that, you know, but just very clear, like, these are the boundaries. These are the things that you do and you don't do. You know, so yeah, yeah. get married in a pantsuit and live at your own house. This is why black women are supreme. Y'all see all these multifaceted layers of these queens on here right now. I've been just, I've been just great company. I'm so excited. Okay, Kia, go ahead. Well, no, I was thinking about mine, and I don't know, um, cause for whatever reason, only like fictional characters are coming to mind, and like only in like special, like, cause I'm thinking about the Cosby Show episode. Where Claire was on with the white, uh, the on the TV show to discuss the books with yeah. the white men, and they was mm-hmm. trying to carry her. Mm-hmm. Um, I that I remember like watching that as a young girl, like you know what, <laughs> like, that's what's up right there. And not to say that, um, <clears throat> I think like Susanna said, like m- nobody in my family would use the term feminist. Like what I or what identify themselves like that, but my grandmother um, and my grandparents have been married like sixty five years, and but, but she, she still was very much like, like let me tell you, this is what you, what you do to take care of yourself. Um, and, and she, we, we have, have conversations, conversations even now because, because um, you, you know, know, 
I'm almost, I mean, I'm 30, I'm 38, I'll be 39 this year. And, uh, you know, people ask me about my uterus and when I'm going to have children all the time. And my, um, my grandmother talks about how her friends, her friends and other people at the church, like, tease her for not having any great-grandchildren. And she was like, you know, she was telling me, like, I stick up for you, though, because you don't have to do nothing. Like, you don't have to do nothing because they say you have to do it. Like, so, um, but, you know, just thinking about the ways in which um, that sort of advocacy and that language sort of comes out, even though, you know, it's it's different for every every person. But, Jade, I want to know who, you said your mom, right? Okay, yeah, we Yeah, my mom and my grandma. My grandma is, like, peak because she had eight kids. She didn't really work, so she wasn't sure, I guess, you know, idea of whatever a feminist might be or stereotypical idea. But she did not take no shit. My grandmother was an alcoholic for years, well past when I was born, due to circumstances, you know, out of his control. Um, and when it got to a point, she had eight kids with him and said she took the three youngest, and she was like, Fix your shit. I don't have time for this right now. And she left and went to Detroit with her brother and her brothers, and she just didn't t- tolerate anything. She didn't put up with any bullshit. And I watched my grandfather, who passed away, I think eight years ago, not seven years ago. Um, I watched him essentially kiss the ground she walked on my entire life because she didn't tolerate no shit. And that's just what it was. And so my grandmother is a, is a fierce example on top of so many other things that she's dealt with um, and my mother. So I'm really grateful for that, uh, for those two examples. I love how, the, how we see feminism show up in so many different aspects and areas of life. And I think what's cool about the book is that we're talking about, you all are talking about it through all of these like practical, real life situations. So when you were writing the book, was was there ever like how did it how did you decide that it was going to be set up that way did we sit down and say like well when i was 12 i wish somebody would have told me xyz or was there some other sort of guiding framework that that um was behind uh the way the book is structured i think our process was one in which we kind of all right, it's time to write. And we just created a list of all the things that we wish we would have had an opportunity to talk about. Or, you know, a lot of us have played that role with our, you know, God sisters or God children or nieces, nephews, cousins, where we're the ones that's in the car taking them to cheerleading practice. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I lost my virginity. And you like, oh, today you talking about this, you know? So I think we kind of like rolled those conversations that we already had with the the young people in our lives into, you know, the book. And so we kind of listed and then we would divide up, like, I'll try this chapter this week. And then, you know, we come back together. It was a beautiful process. I miss them so much because we got so close because we would meet like every other week to go over what we had, where we were stuck, you know? So we are in every single chapter of the book. We've touched every part. We would have those really deep conversations about our own girlhood. You know, I've been journaling since... I was probably in middle school and like a fool, I went back to my high school journal when it was my turn to look at the, I think the dating chapter and went into a state of depression. Like, oh my God, <laughs> like it was just so, you know, heartbreaking, like those first loves and those first heartbreaks. And, and to pull myself out of that, I had to think about 
what would I have, what, what would feminism have given me? What do I know now that I would like to say to 16 year old Chanel? So there's, there's a lot of like community in the book. It was, it was a beautiful process to, to do that. So, and then, and then, you know, you just start playing around with what you have and like, let's, like, this goes together. These kind of things, all these chapters all seem to be talking about how they push back or how they understand the isms these chapters really seem to be about love and relationships. These seem to be about, you, you know, self-love, which, mm-hmm. you know, you can't have a feminism if you're not loving yourself. So, we, mm-hmm. you know, we really dedicated, we really structured the book based on themes once we had the chapters that we really thought, like, this is what we want to say. I love it. It seems like it's going to be one of those books that you read, uh, but you always, like, also will come back to and reference. Because I feel like I'm going to be like, well, let me get to this chapter on dating one oh, more sure. time. No, <laughs> I know it. 12 copies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hope that. that that is how it's engaged. I think, you know, mothers and daughters together can look at wow. it. I think I've already referenced it. My daughter's nine, but the school that she, she's in a new school, and she was having, like, a hard time. It's the first time she's really been challenged. And I was like, well, mommy says in bossing up, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this, and so I've already been able to go back to the book for, for her. And so I, I, I absolutely agree that that's how people are going to be able to use it. I hope so. No, but I'm saying, is it a book? I, just, I feel like it's a book we could, we should read as good as girlfriends, or is it something we should read? Like, you know, any, I, like, would it be, is a good, is it recommended to read it together for like discussions or is there one? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. that just we this book is a conversation that we had together mm-hmm. and i think you can sense that and we really did we talk you know because we're telling all of these stories and we're talking about what are the principles that we learned and you know and we challenge each other and pushed each other how do we say this thing is that really true you know mm-hmm. is that actually helpful mm-hmm. um and so yeah i what we always hope is that our work sparks a conversation and then helps those conversations to be richer and more healing and again, you know, one of the things that's interesting about publishing in this moment is that everybody's always like, who your audience? But see, when you're like a black woman writer, we have so many audiences simultaneously. It's yeah. like we need we trying to speak to the kids, you know, we're trying to speak to young folks and have a rich conversation with them. But we're also like, you know, girl, go back and read this for your 12 year old self that's mm-hmm. still in there that shows up sometimes to heal her to sort of like, you know, because so often we were talking to like you know, who we were at 12 and 13. And my theory is that most of the drama that goes down in a lot of these social justice and fluffy spaces is always people just reliving middle school anyway. (laughs) And being like, people didn't hate me. I ain't had no friends and you people are bullies and I'm not going to be treated like this. It's amazing. You know, and it's like, if you think about who you're thinking about in that moment, it's always like your 12 or 13 year old self who is like, and I remember what, and so... At least that's true for me. Uh, And so this book like speaks to that girl and hopefully all the girls in this moment who are trying to navigate that space too. Yeah, it's so funny. I be watching these, these, they be arguing and fighting. And I'm like, man, y'all are crazy as cat shit. Y'all just going back. Y'all don't have no friends. Y'all don't know how to be (laughs) friends with people. You don't know how to deal with people on a human level. And that's what I appreciate in this conversation with you all. Aside from the fact that all four of you have PhDs, you got common damn sense because there's plenty of people I've had conversations with and you can throw your education all over the place, but you can't sit up here and hold no fucking conversation with me. This is this is engaging. I think this is really what black girls need. I want to get a copy 
for my daughter's school because they hold a black girl affinity group. Oh, nice. And I think that, yeah, as you all were talking, I'm like, I have to get a copy for their for their school specifically. Also, well Jay, you know, degrees don't keep you warm at night. I there mean, my go. degrees are not in my Period. bed. They, they hanging on the wall. And that, it really, and you know, that's also a thing black feminism teaches you is that you got to do your work. I, mm. None of us likes the black folks that hide behind their degrees and their credentials and they whatever and use fancy language as a cloak for not dealing with your jealousy, your crunkness, your anger, your sadness, your, you know, whatever it is. We're not trying to give young folks language so that they don't have to show up. We're trying to give them language so they can show up better because that's mm. what feminism meant for us. It's like, you know, because sometimes sisters be doing real terrible shit to each other. And yeah. we're like, we really are about sisterhood. And we don't always agree. We get on each other's nerves, but we love each other. Like yeah. we, and we love each other in a way that we come back to the table. We always try to treat each other with care. And right. that's true in our collective in general. And that's part of the reason that we got to have like a praxis of sisterhood and that we and that this is why you also want young girls to have this book now because they're right in the moment where everybody is being terrible to each other. Middle school right. is terrible. Oh my God. And we want a book that says like Demons. Even if all the people around you are trash, like just know we got you because sometimes you find your friends in books before you find mm -hmm. them oh, in absolutely. real life. And so that they know that like there is another way to be and sometimes you got to go through some shit until you find your people, but you ain't crazy, right? right? Um, and I hope that this book becomes a companion for girls who are feeling that way. Um, mm -hmm. And also, you know, we have like the do's and don'ts of, of being fr friends too. Like how you treating people and are yeah. you doing your work? You know, are you showing up? Are you being raggedy, right? Don't yeah, I think that. that was one of the best parts is that, like, we really tried to be vulnerable enough to say, like, when I was a girl, I fucked that up. I had that fight mm -hmm. over a boy, right. and I should not have done that. That was not a shining moment, right? right? Like, so being able to, to be open enough to say, you know, I was raggedy, and honestly, sis, this time, you might be the raggedy one. Like, it's right. not to just say, like, you know, we were perfect, and we were always this way. No, our, we, sh we, we muddied through, muddled through um, girlhood, too, and, and made a lot of mistakes, but here we are now. And, it, it, I mean, we even go through how to properly apologize, how to give yes. each other grace. Like, all of that is in here because we think that's what girls need. But something else you were saying, Brittany, reminds me, too, that, like, the personal is political, so the book is both about our the personal relationships that girls have, but it's also really, like, feminism is about saving lives. So people using, you know, I'm a feminist or their degrees and stuff as a way to trump people or to, to, to be mean to people, it, it misses the purpose because women are still out here dying. Like, we, yeah. we really need feminism, not just so that we can be better friends and better to each other. That is super important. But the world is on fire, right. and feminism right. has a particular set of tools and a lens. I mean, we put it in the book. We know where the bodies are buried, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so we, we know. We, we know the answers here. So, And, you know, the, the, the one other thing is just, and, and, and all the cultural references in this book are about black and brown girls, unapologetically. We're not talking about white girls, you know, we're not out here trying to center them. So we're talking about, you know, your hair, your, you know, the things that are going on with you and your girls, the way that y'all talk, what chick you trying to holler at and how mm -hmm. she might be showing up and how you might be showing up. Like 
we're trying to think about what are black and brown girl experiences, what are immigrant black and brown girl experiences, in part because one of the ways we want to undo the narrative that white that femi- that white women created feminism is by displacing white girls from the center of the narrative. Exactly. And also so that they can understand too, as they read this book, that yes, all of us have to think about confidence. Yes, all of us need to think about body politics. Yes, all of us got to navigate our families. But sis, your family ain't like mine. And the right. pressure my mama putting on me uh, to show up in the world and be a certain kind of lady and achieve certain things and make my family proud is different from the pressure that is on white girls to and how they show up in the world, right? Mm-hmm. I love that. I love the emphasis on the practice of feminism, the work of feminism, because I feel like, uh, especially now a days, it's a label that people or you know, so people just sort of wear it. Like I'm a feminist, but they don't really live a life no. that lines up with the principles and the qualities. Um, and the behaviors. And and I love that the book really deals with how to be a better person, how to be less raggedy and owning that that is work. Right. And we all have to do it. Some of us, uh, and and we're going to, we're going to fuck up. Like, and they're, they're, but, but being able to face our flaws is a part of that work and it's all super important. So I'm really excited about, um, the book. It comes out next month on October 5th, October 5th. All right. Is it available for pre-order? It is available for pre-order. Well, let me go ahead and order. I'm going to order five copies right now. Yes, we love to hear it. Is there anything else coming up that that you guys want to share with our audience? Anything that um, uh, we want to get our listeners looking out for? Well, we going on tour. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. we are gonna be in New York, New Jersey, Atlanta, uh, uh, Southern California, uh, Chicago. Chicago, and Indiana. So mm. you know we'll be posting four <laughs> dates, but come through. Not Gary. <laughs> be careful. Check us. Be, um, be careful and sanitize everything. <laughs> listen, okay. listen. We vaccinated. We about to be masked out here and talking Period. very crazy. And also, <laughs> speaking of that. We love y'all, but keep your distance. You know, we don't hold right. from a distance. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, elbow. Um, don't run up on the girls. Don't, 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 <laughs> don't, don't, don't run, run up, up on me in, in, pre, in non-COVID times because exactly. I don't like hugs. But also, <laughs> in these times, definitely don't do it. In these mm-hmm. times, just wave. Just wave. Just wave. What up? Nothing wrong with the wave. <laughs> well, I'm coming. And I'm yes. going to hug you. Yes. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> not husband. We're just going to have, like, come on. Just give me a hug, Brittany. Here's my COVID test. Oh my God. And my vaccination. Don't do, Here's don't my do, vaccination don't, don't, card. Don't do, me, don't do me like that. I really just be like, why, though? Like, I just why? <laughs> I'm hug you from behind. I'm just Actually, that may be safer. That may be safer. Yeah. Maybe behind hall hugs are the way to go. That seems safe. I'm going to set a good example. I'll be there. We'll all say hi from a distance. All of us will have our mask on. That's right. And, and we're going to respect the ladies. But that's very exciting. Is it there, is exciting. We got to post that. We have to make sure all those links are in the description box for you Absolutely. all to check out the tour. We yes. can't wait. I'm going to try to run through one of those sites if I can. Y'all, um, it's been such a pleasure having y'all at the kitchen table. Y'all are welcome back anytime. Yes. Appreciate you. Thank um, you. It's been dope. So uh, thank you. I have one coming. final question before we head out. Oh, all right. What's the last thing everybody ate? I'm always very excited to know what people are eating. 
Okay, I just went to Zoe's and got a cauliflower rice bowl and also added the grilled potato salad. I'm trying to get right because Brittany's been saying that book tours can be grueling. So I'm trying to, you know, get my veggies back up. I'm okay. looking for some sea moss. I'm trying to, I got some emergency. Oh, I'm like, you. you know, okay. all the things. My cousin makes to... sea moss. I'll send you the link. They're delicious. Yes. Well, thank you. I've never oh, had it, absolutely. so I'm a little bit scared, but I'm going to do all the things to get myself ready over the next Just put it in your weeks. smoothie. It won't taste like anything. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. thank you. Please send me the link. So I sure okay. will. Okay, Brittany, um, what'd you last eat? I made uh, tabbouleh today um, and had it with a little bit of, uh, not pita, but like Trader Joe's is my joint. So mm-hmm. flatbread, pita, a little bit of hummus. I'm on my Mediterranean diet and also trying to uh, use my summer tomatoes up, and so tabbouleh's a good use of them. Oh, I know. I have to go can some right after this. Word, because they're going. They're going bad. They're going fast. See, we have to. Okay, Susanna, your turn. We on some Mediterranean stuff for real because lunch to work, but I mm-hmm. was running kind of late and discombobulated, and I went to a food truck on campus and I a falafel pita, and mm-hmm. so that's what lunch and it was. You know, I eat Mediterranean twice a week. It's my favorite. Oh, and y'all got Trader Joe's. Y'all got to get the pumpkin samosas. Get your little chutney. Yes. Listen, I'll talk to you about food all day. <laughs> but we appreciate you all so, so, so much. We'll have all the links in the description box for all of the ladies where you all can purchase the book, where you can get your copy of Eloquent Rage. You should go back and listen to that episode of Getting Grown. That's just a shameless plug. Kia, do you have anything you want to take us out with? No, I just love y'all. Thank y'all for coming. Aw, thank you for having us. Thank you. We appreciate you, ladies. If you're carrying a credit balance month after month, it can feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of debt. Upstart can help you make the final payment so you can get ahead. Upstart is the fast and easy way to get a personal loan to pay off your debt all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment. Upstart knows you're more than just your credit score and is expanding access to affordable credit. Unlike other lenders, Upstart considers your income and current employment to find you a smarter rate for your loan. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans from $1,000 to $50,000. You can get approved the same day and can receive your funds as fast as one business day. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com grown. That's upstart.com grown. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash grown. Anyone can be ready for back to school, but with Staples Connect, you can be more than ready. Like I got everything for my kids' classroom and saved a ton ready. They've got more backpacks, more pens, more supplies than you ever thought possible. So double knot up them shoes, gas up that minivan, and smear war finger paint on your face. Staples has everything you need and more for the new school year. Let's do this. Just visit your nearest Staples store or go to staplesconnect.com for inspiration. Honestly? Truly. All right. It is time for the honesty box. And 
Our Honesty Box listener says that she's written in before, but, it, you know, in the name of marijuana and memory, I, we don't remember what the pseudonym was, so we're going to have to give you a new one. So, sister, please she, give her a new one. She doesn't remember it She either? did not say okay. it, no. Okay. Well, um, let's call her Nancy Wilson. Nancy Wilson. <laughs> I was watching Nancy Wilson on YouTube earlier. <laughs> I love her. Guess who I saw today? Ooh. No, that's the song. That oh, she was okay. Go oh, ahead. Sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know I'm more of a Diana Ross girl, but uh, <laughs> but we do love Nancy. Nancy writes, "Hey y'all, I hope all is well with you. You ladies have helped me in the past, and I'm back again, but this time in tears." So about a year ago, when I was financially stable, I decided to take my little brother in, and has been living with me since August of 2020. Everything has been going good up until the beginning of 2021. I recently moved states and lost two jobs within the last four months, and he's been by my side through it all. Now when I finally feel like I could breathe, my car completely broke down, and so has my mental health. I've decided to send my brother back with his mom while I get my life figured out, but my mom is trying to guilt trip me into keeping him. He wasn't doing too well back home, and my mom is really toxic. To be completely honest, he's been doing extremely well with me in school and in sports, so I understand why she would want him to stay, but trying to keep his and my life afloat is a lot of pressure, and her coming at me like I'm a bio mom who is abandoning a son that I've never had really set me over the edge because I don't know why I have to have all this pressure on me when she can pretty much do whatever she wants. On top of all this, my 29th birthday is coming up. So not only uh, do I have all this going on, but I am still trying to make a future of my own. Like I said, I understand her reasoning, but at the same time, he isn't my child. And I feel like I'm crashing because I'm taking the world on and it isn't fair. I already feel bad for making him move and promised him that I'll bring him back when I can emotionally take care of him. Do y'all think I'm being selfish, horrible person for making him go back and maybe I'm not thinking too clearly? I know you guys don't like to tell anyone what to do, but I'm curious and open to advice. Aw, Nancy Wilson. Nancy Wilson. Um, Nancy, I don't think that um, you're being a terrible person. I actually think that it is responsible of you to um, have the self-awareness that recognizes um, your own fatigue or if you're overwhelmed mm-hmm. um i don't think that you do a serve uh you would be of good service to your family particularly your brother um if you um are not taking care of yourself um and so i i don't think that it's selfish of you um because you know he's your brother um and you love him very much and you have, and while you do have some responsibility to and for him, mm-hmm. he is not your child. Yep. Um, and so, no, I, I don't think that you are um, a bad person for prioritizing your wellness and just taking some time to, you know, regroup mm-hmm. after a, a rough season. I think that's fair. Um, and, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I would, my prayer is that you would, I mean, before I say that, this is not something, you're not saying get out of my life forever. You're just asking for some time to catch your breath 
Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a fair and reasonable request. Um, and perhaps there's a way that you can, um, you know, in lieu of taking your brother in, maybe you can arrange like, you know, some set some dates for some structured sort of visits. Like you guys can set up one or two weekends every two months or so where you're going to spend time together yeah. and, I'm sure he'll be able to um, call you and contact you, you know, by phone and email and text or however you all usually communicate. You're not cutting him out of your life entirely. You're just saying that you cannot support him in this way at this time. And I don't think there's any fault in that. No, Mm-mm. no, you I completely agree with Kia. Um and you, you can't be good for anybody else if you're if you're not good for yourself. And you are admittedly um, saying that you're not good right now. You're not well. And so you've got to recharge and get that together before you can be a, a true support system for him. So I think you're actually, like Kia said, you're, you're handling this super responsibly, actually. You're being very thoughtful and very intentional about it. And that is far from being a horrible person. Um, and yeah, make some brother sister dates, you know, take some intentional time, you know, set some, you know, maybe you all have just some time that you, some specific things that you do or some, you know, whatever, but a particular day of the week that you guys check in or, you know, you guys make a plan, you know, just having some structured time and that's something that you guys can decide together. Absolutely. Um, but it's my prayer that you would continue to, um, feel the strength Mm -hmm. and courage that you need to continue to advocate for yourself um, so that you can continue to support your brother and the rest of your family as you want to. Absolutely. You would be a horrible person if you was like, I don't care. I'm not doing it. I don't care what happens to you. But you're not saying saying that. that. Like I'm not good right now and I can't take care of somebody if I'm not good right now. Right. There's nothing wrong with it. I think that's actually responsible. It's kind of like, you know, not to be too cliche, but like, you know, like how on the airplane they tell you to put your mask on before you can put on somebody else's. Mm-hmm. Um, what good is it if we both out here choking and, and, and coughing and can't get no oxygen? We just going to pass out together. So you you got to do what you got to do. It's And I understand how sometimes that sucks. It doesn't feel good to have to make decisions like that. But ultimately, you are making the best decision for yourself and for him. And aside Absolutely. from the check-ins, maybe maybe there's some school stuff that you all do together. Maybe there's mm-hmm. some reading that you all do together. Maybe you do do the check-ins like Kia said and then add some things on top of that so that you still have routines. They just may not be in the conventional we live in the same house routines. You know? So... We hope that's helpful, Nancy Wilson. And we also want to send our love to you while you're going through a hard time um, and pray that you get some ease soon in your life. For sure. Absolutely. Continue to send your honesty box questions to gettinggrownpodcast at gmail.com. And we will move along to this black person self-care. I deserve All right. Um, in Black Women's Self-Care this week, I and a few of my friends went to the MGM to see Shaka Khan. <gasps> How was it? Shaka Khan. Shaka it was amazing. Shaka, Shaka, Khan. Shaka Khan has one move. Yeah. Beow, beow, beow. Mm. Beow, beow. 
but she sinks her face. Um, it was it was a very safe endeavor. Um, there weren't weren't a lot of people there, honestly, which was a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we were all masked and and covered, and you know, we all took proper precautions. Did she sing "I Know You, I Live You"? No. Oh my God! Really? Mm. That's disappointing. It is. I mean, it was a short set. You can tell that Shaka was like, listen, <laughs> I got to get Y'all back not going to get a whole lot. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> she took her little break. <laughs> um, Just a quick bathroom break. But, uh, uh, and, but she sung. She sung all the faves. Ain't nobody. No, we love uh, Shaka. She sung uh, uh, I'm Every Woman. She sung... Uh, tell me something good. Yeah, okay. Oh, so she sang All like of the, the wonderful. Hits. Yes, and she was dressed like Peter Pan. Oh she yeah, had a, yeah. She had you know, yeah. She had a little tights and tassels and things. We I love we love we a shaka, we love a shaka stage uh, outfit. We love a shaka and it had that Kanekalon hair. Yeah, you know, I mean, just straight pack hair. Her and don't let just it catch on fire. The winds. <laughs> <laughs> but I love shaka. We enjoyed. Oh Shaka my was amazing. It was just what I needed. You know, I just needed a quick little dose of live music. I'm jelly. Um, and I enjoyed it. I'm jelly. I enjoyed myself. Yes, I did. Well, my black woman self-care this week, I realized I don't ever use my points for anything. So as I was flying to LA for the show and all of that, I mm-hmm. just, you know, took my cell phone up to the counter and I said, hey... Um, I just want to see, you know, what it's looking like for me to upgrade to this mint situation. So they checked my stuff and they're like, oh yeah, you're more than eligible. And we have one. No, she told me, no, excuse me. I lied. She was like, we don't have any seats, any mint available. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. I said, well, it's just not meant to be. That's all right. I walked away. Now I was irritated because I was standing, um, where this white woman kept pulling her mask down to read. The screen? What? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Don't try to make sense of it because you won't be able to. She kept pulling it. You know when people pull it down to talk, which is really irritating? She was pulling it down to, like, see the screen more clearly. It's like when black people turn the radio down to, to, to park. Like, for whatever reason, this bitch was pulling the mask down so she could read the fucking screen. So I'm irritated by that. Then another lady was just like, well, I'm just going to pull this whole shit down because I, I need to breathe freely. Like the rest of us don't want to do the same thing. So I'm irritated. That's when I went over there and asked her. She said, we don't have any available. Okay, no problem. She comes over to me five minutes later. We do have one available. She's like, you still want to look into it? I said, I sure do. So that's when she checked my stuff and was like, more than eligible. Like, we're going to go ahead and upgrade you now. And baby... What a blessing. Life changed. I had a private pod and nigga, it was incredible until I realized it is no bueno to fly and lay down with a mask on. <laughs> oh, you can't breathe. Oh man, I woke up and thought somebody was smothering me with a pillow. Oh gosh. <laughs> like, <gasps> oh gosh. That sounds terrible. But I did that in the luxury of my own pod. So. <laughs> Yes, I am I, grateful. Asphyxiating in the luxury <laughs> like, of your own <gasps> But at least I'm a, with my own fix. <laughs> so that was my black woman self-care. I said, and I had enough points to upgrade myself there and back, bitch. So Go that's ahead. what I did. Uh, so I got fed 
and I got took Wealthy. naps and no the that's wealth those for me. points, baby. That's those points. Y'all got to si- sign up wealth. for some frequent flyer miles. Wealth. Um and yeah, I mean, yeah, privilege also, yes. I will yeah, I will acknowledge. Uh but bitch, I will soak it up because the bitch was asking for bubbles and everything else. Shout out to uh, Anne Marie um, on JetBlue and Marcus. They Shout was my trusty, beautiful uh, flight attendants who made sure that I was taken care of. That's how I found out about them pumpkin samosas. Anne Marie oh. got to talking to me. She goes, where, where, where are you from? And I was like, well, I'm here, but where are you from? I was like, Anne, because you got Anne attached to name. What part of the Caribbean are you from? How you know I'm Caribbean? <laughs> and I was like, Anne, don't do that. I was like, you got two <laughs> names and one of them is Anne. So she started laughing. She was like, Trinidad. I was like, oh, my husband's from Trinidad. We got to talking. She's like, you like pumpkin? I have some Trader Joe's pumpkin samosas. I want to try one. When I heat them up, I said, you sure <laughs> can't bring me one of samosas. You better have some bubbles. <laughs> You so you you make friends everywhere. I know, you I know. You know, I like people. You know, I like people, and then I don't. Yes. So that makes one of us. <laughs> Just really. So that's my okay. self care. But um, are you ready to get negative and head on over to these petty peeves? Always. Let's do it. Always ready for the petty. <laughs> and I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Cause everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey, honey, honey. All right, it's time to put this petty on parade and I'm ready to march this week. I got two of them. <laughs> Go ahead. So first and foremost, you always know that travel experiences come with a peeve. Mm-hmm. This time, somebody in the JetBlue baggage department stole my African scarf off my suitcase. So when I got to LA, I'm waiting on my luggage and I'm like, well, a bitch was first class. I should be getting my luggage first. (laughs) Yeah, bitch. I got real elitist real quick. But I was like, no, dead ass though. My luggage is supposed to come out first. Like not first for it, but like it's supposed to come out, you know, at the top of this shit. Mm -hmm. Well, it did. But I didn't recognize it because I have tied a scarf very specifically to my luggage in which I have wrapped it around several times around the handle. So essentially the handle is the scarf and tied Mm. it and knotted it. And so that's what I do to identify my bags. These niggas stole my scarf. And so I got my bag. I see it whirling around many times. So finally I'm like wait, that's my bag. I go and get it. I open the top zipper, realize it's mine because I see the osium. And um, I go to the counter and I was like, yo, your people stole my scarf off my back. (laughs) And they were like, "Um, no, sometimes things, you know, these type of uh, identifiable things, the tags and things like that will get caught on the belt. I said, nigga, this shit was wrapped around my handle and double knotted. I was like, they stole it off of my bag. <laughs> they didn't know what to say. So my petty peeve is for the nigga who thought it they out of the bitch whoever it was that thought that they needed my scarf more than I did. I hope nice. that it has termites or something in it and that you get it when you put it across your head or wherever you decide to use my scarf. My second petty peeve mm-hmm. is for Gen X and these dirty white sneakers that they are obsessed with. Gen X or Gen Z? D- uh, Z. Thank you. Sorry. Z. 
<laughs> Gen Z in their dirty white sneaker. They wear the dirty white uptowns or they wear big block sneakers, but they're always filthy. And we had this girl seat us at the restaurant and she had the big dirty white shoes on with her little outfit. And I said, oh, this is a thing. Like y'all hoes are really doing this. And I didn't even want her touching my menu behind them dirty white shoes. And I'm just <laughs> irritated because I started looking at the street. XD and I both are like, they really love these dirty white shoes. And then Whitney texted me all the way from Rotterdam when she was in her Dutch lesson. And she was like, let me tell you something. They love them dirty white shoes out here, too. <laughs> and them big black sweatshirts. <laughs> so that's it. My other petty peeve is super petty. It's about them dirty white shoes. What's your petty peeve this week? Super, super, super petty. My petty peeve is particularly for, I don't like when people ask questions they know the answer to. I don't like to be tested, you know, like I, you know, have you ever been in a conversation with someone and you felt like they weren't asking you a question from a place of genuinely mm-hmm. not knowing and wanting to know. Mm-hmm. They are trying to see if you're going to answer the said question in a particular in a particular kind of way. Mm-hmm. And it's like, stop doing that. Don't do yeah, that. I hate it. Don't do that. Yeah. It's very patronizing. Um, and it's presumptuous because it makes me feel like you think I'm going to answer it a certain kind of way. But I'm not. Um, but you don't know my life, sis. <laughs> so just back up off me. Okay? Like that. Um, and I am just, in my old older age, I'm becoming um, much more sensitive to... Um, Bullshit. Right. <laughs> and the little things that people do to sort of manipulate you. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed mm. that in many spaces this thing happens where where you know somebody will just be like tell me why or what do you need or blah 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 and it'd be like girl you don't really care what i need or what i think or what i Mm -hmm. think if you have something to say say it don't try to set up the conversation to go a particular kind of way because you don't get to control the my responses just like Even I hate when you people think you be do. like, so you would agree. No, actually, but no, mm-hmm. I actually wouldn't agree. Mm-hmm. I would not. I wouldn't agree. I would not. Don't assume I, I agree with that. Not. I would not. I would not. <laughs> I would not. And so I, I feel like, you know, instead of just sort of, not sort of, instead of, of, of treating people with respect um, and acknowledging that every opportunity, every every conversation is an opportunity for you to learn something that you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Stop walking around like you already know everything. You know what I'm going to say or how I'm going to respond to something. Um, That's why I'm trying to train I'm Noah early. I'm doing I'm doing it with her now. Like when we tell her things and she'd be like, I know, I know, I know. I'm like, all right, let me let me hit you to something. You don't know everything. And honestly, you don't know anything. So <laughs> no, but it's really dismissive, and that's something that I'm even working on because I don't. I think even like professionally, you don't realize it, or I'll say for myself, Same, I don't yeah. realize the ways in which certain things have been modeled, um, and and how, especially when you get to certain certain places in, in your career, mm-hmm. and I feel like I am learning, you know, how to be a leader, how to be. And I'm not saying this in the colloquial way that everybody says now, but literally how to be a boss, how to lead a team, how to 
um, you know, sort of set a culture, establish a culture, um, and literally, you know, create the conditions that optimize our collective Mm -hmm. success. Mm -hmm. I'm learning that like in real time. And one of the main things that is sort of teaching me that is me identifying the ways that I don't like to be treated. Um, and I'm, I recognize in, in certain professional interactions that mm-hmm. I have that there's this sort of dismissive approach that some people take with you um, when they are, instead of just saying, this is what I want, this is what I, this is what I think, um, and this is what I would like to happen. They, tr- they try to create this weird sort of pressure dynamic where you're like responding out of some sort of duress. Yeah. And it's like, don't talk to me like that. I don't like that. I am a, don't talk to me like that. Don't assume by looking at my face or my facial expressions or anything that you know what's going on in my head. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You don't, you can't read me the way that you think you no. do. And now let me help you to know what I mean when I say what I say. Yep. Listen to my words. Don't look at my behavior and make assumptions mm-hmm. on what you think I'm thinking because mm-hmm. you are, you are wrong 99% of the time. Absolutely. Because you don't know me. And you know that? Uh-uh. Them been the places <laughs> I've been. <laughs> so, yes, I feel like my, prof- my, my petty peeve is I'm, I'm learning lessons in real time and doing my work to be less raggedy. I love that. Right, I think that's what all of our work should be, honestly. And I think that's a, what you said, a key thing in identifying behavior that you don't want done to you and making yeah, sure that I don't you're like not when exhibiting. I, I, right. I know that when this when I'm treated in this way, I don't like the way that that makes me feel. And so I'm conscious yep. as I'm interacting with other people and, and really intentional about making sure that I don't ever make anybody feel that way. That's why I'm going to be the most um, fire business owner ever. Seriously. And I just can't wait for opportunities. Well, I just am grateful for continued opportunities to sort of learn and grow in this way, even though they fry my patience because I be having to get people together. That's a fry. (laughs) (laughs) That's key is patience. My patience be frying. So I have to fry you in turn. Well, I, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I don't like that. Uh, and make sure and make sure you know what that's the word for this week. Let us identify mm-hmm. behavior that we don't like and make sure we are not uh, projecting yes. it onto others. Right, owning your mess. Yeah, own your mess. Owning your Standing mess in instead your of mess. instead of holding other people responsible for it and saying like, "Oh, I didn't," or or when you said that, it made me feel this way. Instead of saying like you know oh wow that made me feel this way you just gonna be reactionary mm-hmm. and petty mm-hmm. let's have a conversation like adults and let me correct you because you thought that i meant this when i actually meant this mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so stop trying to set me up <laughs> stop trying to set me up stop trying to set me up b and that's another episode of Getting Grown. We want to give a huge, huge, huge thank you to Susanna, Brittany, sure. and um, Chanel. Chanel. Oh, my God. My my brain. <laughs> it's the weed, y'all. It's the weed. 
They are. <laughs> they were lovely. Make sure you all check out the links in the description box. That's where all the yes. information is going to be. And where you can order pre-order. Feminist yes. AF. Yes. For order for your classrooms. Um, order for your students. Order for your kids. Order for your yes. nieces. Order for. Order for yourself. Yourselves. Your theses. Your everybody's. Your everybody's. <laughs> Get it for everybody. So I'm definitely. I'm actually on the link. I told them I was ordering my copies. I wasn't bullshitting. Um, but we'll have Same. all the ladies' information located in the description box. We want to send another thank you out to them. And we want to thank you all for tuning in and getting grown every single week. We can't do this without you. And make sure Joe you can't. stay tuned for all of that Patreon information coming very soon your way. And sis, take them out. Yeah, remember, and it's life of sin. You just want to make sure that you are constantly moisturizing your insides by drinking your water you want to constantly make sure that you're moisturizing your mind by attending to the business that is yours and yours alone and you want to moisturize your skin mm. your outside because your black will crack if it's dry yeah make sure you're Very rubbing plainly. face rub direction up not yes down. as we transition yes as we transition into the autumnal season uh and the, the weather <laughs> Yes, the weather gets cooler and chillier. Mm -hmm. We want to be attentive to moisture mm -hmm. like never before mm -hmm. um, because the ash is out, mm -hmm. okay? It's coming for you. Mm -hmm. So be armed and dangerous. Goodbye. Bye. Anyone can be ready for back to school, but with Staples Connect, you can be more than ready. Like, I got everything from my classroom and saved a ton ready. They've got more backpacks, more pens, and more supplies than you ever thought possible. So double not your British nights and gas up your Honda Accord and smear your war finger paint on your, on your face. Staples has absolutely everything you need and more for the new school year. So let's do this. Just visit your nearest Staples store or go to staplesconnect.com for inspiration. All right. Okay. Stop oh, the it. other ad didn't come through yet. So whenever he sends it.